0: Begin.
1: happy new year happy new year we did it now this year's this year will be better right no oh uh,
0: no that's a, a common myth
1: yeah I was I from what I was told covid was gonna end as soon as the election was over and it didn't so I was all excited because everyone was like oh 2021 that'll be the year and within a day I was like this ain't gonna be the year nope I mean it's okay but you know
0: yeah has it been a, a rough
1: three days? I mean, I worked for two of them, so... And today, which is now the third day of the year, I cleaned my kitchen, which was kind of nice, but you know. Did you mount the, um, the can-crushing device? I did not mount the can-crushing device. I am going to put it on the cell pile for right now, trying to minimize the things I own, because I own a lot of things. And, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna try to repurpose a few things, sell that, because I've had it... This is the second apartment I've brought it to, and I have yet to hang it, so I think it's... I'm either going to keep it for when I have a house with real wood in the walls instead (laughs) of my house now, which is just made of, like, newspaper and bailing twine. We'll see.
0: see. Yeah, let me get a crack at
1: that cell file.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I'll give you a hefty 9% off asking price, (laughs) (laughs) Friends and family discount. Hello again, listeners. We are live from the Dern After Reading bunker, bringing you the latest in the Dern world. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot going on in anyone's world right now. Um, Laura Dern has feet. We've learned. If you go to her Instagram right now, you can see her uh, her clompers.
0: They were rumored but unconfirmed we, for decades. We now. didn't know.
1: There, very few films show her feet prominently. It's always waist up, and I think that's a waste of the lower Dern. It's true. Lower Dern's got a lot of action going: legs, feet, toes—ten of them, I imagine. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so there's a picture of her feet under a Christmas tree. Previous to that was a picture of a pair of shoes, which I can only assume were what she got for Christmas. I realize now I didn't actually read the caption. Let's see. Um, Look what I'm going to... Okay, it's an ad. (laughs) It's an ad for these shoes, which uh, apparently it gives money to some Native American thing or something or another. But what really matters is hot feet under a Christmas tree. With some charity shoes, gonna, let me a look get these. a good look at those tootsies. Aside from yeah, that, yeah, she's
0: got oh her to- she has very I describe them as prominent toes, which makes sense. Yeah, which seems to
1: she's a fit lady. her
0: long slender structure.
1: There's no pi- uh, pinky toe ring, which I would have liked, but you know <laughs> can't have it all. And there's no eggs, which really they look,
0: they look quite smooth for her age. Yeah,
1: well, you know she's a hollywood celebrity oh yeah
0: i'm, not, I'm she, not surprised
1: her their family struck oil they went out to hollywood california california
0: <laughs> imagine those aren't her feet <laughs> she, it's a hollywood oh, conspiracy God, Lori has be, gross feet she kinda, has a foot
1: stand in that'd be kind of sad yeah i just need to write down something related to the beverly hillbillies for later Alrighty, as we, um, often do. as we do we cannot not confirm this year if laura Dern spent christmas eve day with courtney cox as she has been rumored to do for many a year now as it is covid and she did not speak up on the matter which i think is irresponsible and it's yet to be covered <laughs> yeah. by buzzfeed yeah. oh give it a week or two aside from that laura Dern went on a nice little nice little hike and made a little peace sign out of rocks for new year's day to celebrate this wonderful new year who knows what it will hold? Perhaps Mitch McConnell will die. Yeah. Maybe. They never do. I know. Maybe he'll go back to his home planet one day. Aww. <laughs> I'm just going to do one quick thing. I haven't looked up Laura Dern in a while and just, like, clicked the news tab.
0: Oh, I thought that's where that's, you got to see if there's any...
1: Oh, wait! This is something I was going to mention to you. Um, Grizzly 2 is the a full like good version is being released no yeah oh wow it's yeah this is basically like everything i forgot to mention i can't believe but yeah she um the
0: woman who crusaded against the like one bootleg streaming cut i found like is finally having her day she's
1: she got her day in the sun yeah it's it's being described as a cheap horror film it it, is. they're mainly saying okay here's the one uh title george clooney dreading release of cheap horror film he made 39 years ago
0: <laughs> that's so clickbaity he, he thinks this care.
1: film is worse than batman and robin <laughs> oof no I, I like batman and robin i like i love Batnips. he had Batnips, right
0: was that the original the first where they really nipped him up uh, was val val kilmer
1: was a batman right or am i making that val up?
0: kilmer was a batman
1: he might have had Batnips first I think they both had batnips. I'm just not sure of the lineage. Val
0: Kilmer was Batman Returns, and the Batman and Robin came after after the two Val Kilmers.
1: Hmm. Well, that just goes to show you.
0: Yep. Grizzly too. Evolving clamoring.
1: <laughs> Aw, And Laura Dern is taking COVID very seriously after a friend dies from the virus.
0: Oh, sad. That is sad. Oh well.
1: She's doing fine. So Laura Dern, go see Grizzly 2, go check out those uh, those juicy, juicy foot puppies, and uh, foot puppies being her toes, feet. not her feet. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Um, I also have a few Laura Dern facts that I've dug up for this. This might be the most we've talked about Laura Dern ever on the podcast, yeah, I by didn't, the way. It's
0: really blindsided. Me. Um,
1: let me start with, let's go with one more sad one. She had a sister as a young girl, and she drowned in a pool.
0: Oh no. And that
1: is why her parents said they were probably a little overprotective with Laura. Speaking of which, Laura Dern sued to be emancipated from her parents at the age of 15 so she could get more adult roles and be more creatively free. That's
0: how you know the parents were overprotective. Yeah,
1: when you uh, sue to be emancipated. And speaking of her parents, they had sex on the set of a movie to make Laura Dern what movie uh it was called uh the wild angels i've never seen it it is a 1966 cult biker film outlaw Imagine biker if that was cult like
0: a scene in the movie <laughs> Ooh, oh my god it's diane Ladd and bruce Whoa. Dern going at it just
1: getting back that back then they didn't have magic hollywood tricks you just had sex in movies. <laughs> you just did it i just made a baby <laughs> yeah um that uh that lady and uh burt reynolds they had sex in that swamp they probably. She did. almost died She definitely got an infection <laughs> she, she got
0: Jardia for
1: sure oh, I'm gonna eat this Pringle real quick By the way, this week's sponsored by Pringles <laughs> Mr. J Pringle, by the way, is his name Go on, give it a crunch Jay. Wait, oh wait
0: There it is, lean in mm. Get real Cheryl Sandberg with it
1: Love that Rich barbecue flavor by the way, if you're wondering, Julius Pringle is his name.
0: That, you know, isn't J like J, like Yeah, you know, wow. I,
1: I will say he has quite the head of hair. It's untamed. It's a lovely it's kinda, tuft. Oh, he's got such a big mustache. His mustache is bigger than his head of hair, which is magnificent. And I like that they're the same shape. I like also the, the complete lack of facial features aside from eyes. No nose, no mouth, no ears. That's all, Those are all a waste of time.
0: I also quite enjoyed... He the, needs uh,
1: only to see. The
0: imagery on this Pringles barbecue flavor can I... is like, <laughs> a, like a kebab skewer with like a pepper, a tomato, an onion, and just Pringles on it. I
1: noticed that. It, it feels... That seems like there's some conspiracy, like Lays owns the right to the imagery of barbecue <laughs> or something
0: like that. It reminds me of the Mitch Hedberg bit about... Um, Texas barbecue Fritos with grill marks. And he's like, just like when I was a kid, dad <laughs> sizzling up those Fritos on the grill. Ah,
1: <laughs> oh, I forget. Did they Do they still have grill? Is that still a thing? Because I feel I like I remember know. that. Ah, oh, man. Snack foods of the childhood.
0: What was your favorite?
1: Hmm. I mean, I liked, I liked a good Frito. I don't know. Something I remember from my childhood that seemed to disappear without a trace, but apparently is really big in, like, Japan and I think France has done it, is you used to go to McDonald's, I think McDonald's and Burger King both did it around the same time, and you'd get a little packet of dust, and it was cocaine, and then you'd do it <laughs> off your dashboard now. it's uh, It was, like, flavor dust, and you'd shake your fries in it. So, like, oh. it was, like, cheddar cheese stuff, and you'd put it in your bag and shake your fries, and you have, like, nice cheddar cheese fries. And I remember it being so dang tasty. And then they just stopped doing it, and I've never seen it, like, anywhere ever since.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I feel like like Burger King might need to do that, because their fries are... I think it was "Eh." Burger King. I don't mind a
1: Burger King fry. But Uh, but that being said... I I don't
0: think McDonald's would even even fuck with their perfect fries like
1: that. I think it was Burger King. That being... Like, the whole thing about fries, a small Burger King fry is good. Anything above that is bad. It's too many. McDonald's fries, of course, are great.
0: Sky's the limit. Wendy's? I think they're good. I've already had McDonald's this year
1: i'm trying the first not thing i to. did after I... I am a naughty little boy and i like to um order mcdonald's on uber eats because it's very cheap but i need to stop doing that because it's bad
0: oh i went i waited in a drive through line oh. for like 20 minutes
1: so you so when you left in a new year's hangover when you left my house yep. you went there and did that Great! What, what a boy it was my first stop when did you leave my house by the way i don't know okay i was just wondering I woke up and I was sitting in the chair
0: I had been sitting in all night, and then I migrated to <laughs> yeah, the empty couch. We were gonna
1: move you, but we figured you'd do it on your own, and I you got did. There. So. Pardon me, Pring- <laughs> Pringles coming back up on me. Well, that's good. I'm glad we all got to sleep somewhere comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely
0: chair. It's a,
1: It's okay. It's. It's been through a lot. It was my parents for like. They had that furniture for at least 10 years, and then I moved into my old apartment, and then I moved into my new apartment. I don't think it's moving again. No. <laughs> this is its last, that's its last stop. I don't know where it's going, but it's not going with me. <laughs> it uh, did
0: feel rather lived in.
1: I, I moved that in Dan's van. I, this episode, let's just get super inside let's baseball of our lives it. and talk about people that no one else knows. I could talk about... The Salesforce
0: work I've been doing. Oh, cool. Yeah, automating Same. new processes.
1: Oh, like crazy. Home Depot. Yeah. I don't know why that was what I thought of. When... <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. I don't know
0: I, why I said yeah.
1: I, <laughs> there you go. There, that's it's called yes anding. Not relevant. Vamping. We go to a stand up comedy class once a week. Yep. It's called Ha Ha's for He hees It's all men. Yes, it's we do. And? And. <laughs> <laughs> The teacher's very handsome. <laughs> so, did we mention what we do on this podcast? We watch yeah. all of Laura Dern's movies. Yeah, you know
0: her, you love her. Yeah,
1: we're we're getting to the end of our rope, and uh, afterwards, we're gonna have to kill, I guess, I uh, uh,
0: the suicide pact.
1: Mm. Yes, you jump and then I jump. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute! You're short. You'll bounce back. It's like when an ant falls from like a table like for him that's 20 miles but he lives because he's an ant did you know that you're right
0: my body is more efficient than yours
1: did you know when squirrels fall out of trees they reach terminal velocity
0: yeah same with cats that's why um if a cat falls from like a second story window Mm -hmm. it's very dangerous and if they fall from higher than that they'll be fine Because once they hit terminal velocity, that's when it's easy for them to turn around to land on their their feet. Well, I'll be. This is a science podcast now. Yep. So science. Shit. Max vaguely remembers learning on the internet 12 years (laughs) ago.
1: What's the deal with, like, magnets, man? Is this the part where
0: are you just giving me an in to defend the, the universally maligned insane clown posse song?
1: Um, I mean, I think... because I'm gonna take it. Nick. I'm not fighting you. I think the Insane Clown Posse is a great, great crew. Yeah, look, listener, they're, they're the guy fieri of music. Everyone shits on them for literally no reason. Exactly right, and their their song "Miracles," um,
0: it features the line "Magnets, how do they work?" which was mocked ruthlessly among many denizens of the internet, uh, all all across the board. And I want to take this time to say, fuck you. That was uh, a very earnest, important message and a lovely message in a song, which is that despite all this, despite the fact that we can explain things scientifically, we may be missing the miracle that we in fact have all these things, even if we are able to explain them. Um, And they were inviting us, the listener, to... See the beauty in our world, and you fucking should. So don't hate on that song.
1: And... and speaking of Ernest, what's up with that guy? Why hasn't he made a movie in so long? Jim Varney's been dead Ernest, for over a decade. Make a movie? Did you know he was the first one to ride Splash Mountain? <laughs> Really, he was. How yeah. he there's a there is a I think it's a half hour Disney special called Ernest Rides Splash Mountain. Oh, really? He, he was the like the inaugural. I mean, there were probably like test runs, but he was like the inaugural person to like t- like break the ribbon and go on it.
0: That's how he died.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> no, he probably died inside of a woman. Maybe I don't know. Um, so speaking of dying inside of a woman, I watched a movie this week, Max. What, what movie, movie was it's it? It's called A Big Dern. That's what it's called. Could you imagine
0: if, if she made a movie called Big
1: Dern or Little Dern? Yeah, we would be out of a job. <laughs> the, the cease and desist, desist. desist. we've been—that's the that's twelve cease and desists that have gotten lost in the mail for us over the last year—are are all going to come the same day. The FBI is going to kick in your windows. It's going to be great. Oh, I can't wait. So I watched a little 1993 joint by um, Clint Eastwood.
0: Clint Eastwood joint. Like yeah. Like he puts on all his movies.
1: Oh yeah, he does. Um, him and Spike Lee go way back. They were both in Westerns together back in the 60s. I hope not. Spaghetti Westerns, <laughs> they were called. They made him in Italy
0: instead of guns they had pasta yeah
1: those dagos make a good movie anyway um it's called i can say that i'm one of them (laughs) anyway it's called perfect world and let me just tell you folks it's not a perfect world it's actually it's a pretty good movie i'll get into it but yeah i was pleasantly surprised it had kind of an ending that upset me for two reasons, because it was emotional. And also, he kind of just stole an ending from a movie he made. Well, I guess he stole this ending for a movie he made more recently.
0: Huh. Clint yeah.
1: Eastwood just keeps making movies, and it's amazing. It's really remarkable. So old. And he just keeps directing movies. And, like, not all of them are bad. No, what's the fun one where he's racist? Uh, th- uh, like Gran Torino. Them? Okay, yeah, well, yeah. it's all of them. But Gran Torino's the one Gran I'm talking Torino, about, and I'll yeah. get to it all the way at the end, but like, yeah, even, he made one like last two years ago, and it wasn't even that bad. Good for him. He was born in 1930. That's fucking insane. Wow. It's he's a depression
0: 91. era man. He's 91. He will be it's 91. He's got
1: that work ethic. He does. He's just a hard-boiled egg. Or like an avocado that you lose, like a false like oh it gets soft but Sorry, then someone in Tayana someone in this these this town and country I can't pronounce are trying to access my cloud right I now. I believe
0: that's Taiwan. But like
1: a, uh
0: an t- alternative spelling? And uh Oh no, it's a city in China called no. Taiwan. I'm gonna Taiwan. say no. It is the capital and largest city of Jiangxi province. Well, maybe I should have let them have my yeah. life and
1: information. Well, anyway, Clint Eastwood's old. Now that we got that out of the way, we can talk. Let me just start by saying Clint Eastwood is less old in this movie. I feel like this movie came out right... Like, I feel like the early 90s was when he started to become... Mm-hmm. Like, I feel but, like, like he could still be like a Oh yeah Like a grizzled cowboy Like I mean I feel like the, the point he officially became old Was the absolute banger movie Space Cowboys From the year 2000 Where the whole joke is that he is old oh, I feel like 2000 is when he became old okay. That being said he's still making movies 21 years later so Older than old Old and a half
0: Yep He's lost his mind but he oh. still makes a good oh, yeah. picture he'll, he'll
1: talk to a chair but He'll also talk to a, another actor, <laughs> like Laura Dern. Okay, so we open up. We got Kevin Costner, lying in a field. He's surrounded by $1 bills. They're D3.
0: three. Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. This is a
1: big movie, wasn't it? He's a, he's a man. What else was he in? Like, Twister and stuff? What no? Why am I I'm sorry. I a did Field of Dreams. I mean, okay. I did a lot of research on this movie, but I missed some glaring points like anything else. <laughs> Who is Kevin Kevin Costner? Costner? Okay, I got it. Dance Bull with Wolves, Durham, the Bodyguard JFK. Uh Swing Vote. Waterworld. Wyatt Earp. Let's just do but it <laughs> over man. each other, just back and forth. Uh Oh, Night Shift. I love that movie. Shit, he was in Night Shift. You know that? night shift man you should check that movie out forget this movie let's talk about night shift Get into it. night shift 1982 you got uh henry winkler he's kind of a pushover guy that works in a morgue the owner of the morgue or like the guy that runs it is like ah my dumb nephew's gonna take your job you work nights now the night shift but and who's he gonna work with none other than a young michael keaton who's
0: not kevin costner
1: no, Kevin Costner comes in. Like, they're both he's, in it? Yeah.
0: Oh, weird. So
1: he comes in and he's like, "I got some ideas." And then they accidentally become pimps, but they like actually are like good pimps. They like give the girls that work for them like like health insurance and give them like fair wages and stuff. And they start like basically running a whorehouse through this brothel. And then at hashtag one... not all pimps. Exactly. And then at one point, they're having a party in the morgue, and that he, Kevin Costner, plays one of the frat boys. I should mention... Movie sounds great. Oh, no, this is one of my favorite movies. I'm part of this thing in Philadelphia called the Psychotronic Film Club. It used to be at, um, Underground Arts. No, not Underground, Underground Arts. Arts. Um, Philomoka. But then Philamoca got closed for structural reasons, and then COVID, so they haven't been open, so I haven't been able to go. If you go five times, you get to pick a movie, and this was gonna be my movie, because it is just... Oh, that's a treat. It's a great movie. If it ever starts again, I will take you, Max. You're so tiny. You'll fit in. Mm-hmm. There's space for you. <laughs> so yeah, that was his second movie. But now I'll talk about this real movie. Kevin Costner. He's in a movie. He's in a field. Casper mask sitting by his side. Money floating around.
0: He's in a field.
1: He's in a field.
0: Cornfield.
1: No, it's not a cornfield. Although they do sleep in a cornfield. We'll get there. Okay. Um. We cut to Halloween. There's a bunch of kids out. Um. They're they're in very like classical like cool vintagey costumes going around. And then you see, like, a sad boy looking out the window. Sweet Titan. I just got really confused about the timeline of this movie. So he looks out the window. He sees these kids. And his mom's like, we don't do that trick-or-treating. And you find out later it's because they're Jehovah's Witnesses. And, like,
0: Um... it's fine.
1: They don't trick-or-treat. And then, like, the kids, like, throw balloons at the window. And the boy's just behind the window staring at them. It's a little weird. And then it's, like... The morning? I, I'm i so Like, it's more... I, I, I think I... Okay. So that happens. And then, like, another little thing happens. And then we're back in the house. And the mom is serving food. But it's eggs. So it's breakfast? There must I, be... A, a I must have looked down me. for, like, the three seconds where they explained time passing. So while all this is happening, um, Kevin Costner and his cellmate break out of jail. Incredibly, it could not have gone smoother. They chipped out the grate in their cell. They put put like a clothed arm through a vent and went out. They found this guy, name is Larry. They take his car with him driving, and they say, "Get us out of here."
0: They like pull a gun on him. Uh, He has a gun in there. Are they like being criminals? Are they being like Shawshank escapees? Uh,
1: kind of both. I mean, it is. I am astounded how well this goes. Like they just glide out of this prison yeah and they get him and they say you're gonna drive us out he does they then we don't know what happens to him he's gone they're in the front seat and they're driving around and kevin costner's like i want to find a ford that's what my daddy drove i want a ford and the other guy's like we're gonna get whatever car we can and kevin costner's like as long as it's a ford so the other guy kind of like is weaseling around and then he like breaks into the house where the boy that jehovah's witnesses live and he like he does this thing where he punches through the flim one of those really flimsy like country screen doors mm-hmm. which you could have just like
0: that just happened, knocked- like, a little latch hook. Yeah, he
1: punches through the screen to unlock the, the latch <laughs> like all in one swift motion and the woman is right there so it's not like he was sneaking and I was just like just fucking kick the door like it's it's <laughs> yeah. made of balsa wood. It's not going <laughs> to give you any fight. So he comes in and he's just like at first like I was thinking does he know her? He clearly doesn't. He's just like it comes in with a gun. He sits down. He starts eating some eggs and complaining about the eggs. And then he starts groping this woman. And all I can think is, this is the rudest dinner guest. Or now I know breakfast guest. Yes. Imagine you wake up, you cook eggs. This guy just comes in, starts grabbing you, and complaining about your cooking. Hmm.
0: I does Clint Eastwood know he's, he's acting?
1: Clint Eastwood it is feels like he's, this he's is... True. This, that he isn't either of those characters. Oh, the, I thought that was no. Him. I'm sorry. We'll get to oh, okay. him. no. Clint Eastwood is just a. He's coming up. Gotcha. Very soon. Also, Laura Dern is coming up. So the other guy is just like a creep. Kevin Costner's the good guy. Kevin Costner comes and kicks him in the head and says, stop that. Um, Especially because um, the guy, like, hit the boy with the gun. He's like, oh, you got a little man in the house. Whap. And then uh, Kevin Costner kicks him in the head. Guys, if
0: you're gonna go over and eat someone's eggs, don't pistol whip their child.
1: Yeah, that's just rude. Um, the old neighbor across the street sees this, so he's, like, stirring, and Kevin Costner then takes the gun, gives it to the boy, and then they do this little fun, like, father-son thing where he's, like, point the gun at me, and then say, freeze, partner, like, he's playing cowboys with him, and it's weird, and then the old guy comes with a gun, and they grab the boy, and they leave with the boy as a hostage, and, uh, yeah, here we are. Cool. So we got two men on the run, they got a little boy, and, uh... Cut to Clint Eastwood. Got Clint. He's in the most cowboy office I've ever seen in my whole life. It is just cowboy, 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 horns on the wall, hats. There's a saddle. And Laura Dern comes in. Spurs? There's spurs. I don't think he's wearing cowboy boots, but there's got to be cowboy boots. Wait, he's not wearing cowboy boots? He might be. I didn't look at his feet, (laughs) unfortunately. Got legs on? (laughs) Birkenstocks. (laughs) Um, And then Laura Dern is there. And they're the Clint Eastwood's talking about the case a little bit with this dude, like his deputy or whatever. And they're just they offhandedly mention Laura Dern like as the secretary, and she's like, "Oh, I'm not the secretary. I'm a criminologist sent to help you on this case." And of course, they're like, huh, "You're a woman." And then she's uh, like, "I don't
0: know stuff."
1: And then she says, "Dinosaur eats man. Woman inherits earth." <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically, she just she gives this little thing where she's like, "I'm not going to be intimidated." Um. Then there's this. Okay, so. We then, at this point, we learn it is like a month before the Kennedy assassination that this movie takes place, which I think is funny because they mention it offhandedly like twice and we don't... There's nothing nothing happens like we don't the Kennedy assassination does not occur within this movie but i just think it's hilarious that like they just they mentioned it like it means nothing to them because <laughs> there's this rv and it's like for the governor to ride in and it's like a mobile command unit for manhunts which they're taking it for that but they're like you need to bring it back and Clint was like uh-huh, fuck you i'm a cop so they take it and when they're taking it uh the guy who's like in charge of it and it's like his baby project is like we need this back in a few weeks, in, like, next week for Kennedy. He's coming for the parade. We need...
0: Oh, no. And he, he
1: just says that so quick and offhand, and I'm just like,
0: oh.
1: And uh. the whole... The entire plot of this movie is clearly over before it occurs, but can you imagine? Like, your kid gets kidnapped, there's a manhunt that crosses the entire state of Texas, it's all over and done, a week passes, and John F. Kennedy gets shot, like, down the street. <laughs> Whew. So um we cut back uh the the boys are on the run the little the shithead guy the one that groped the mom he's like just shooting water towers and like shooting in the car and he's just kind of being a dick and then he looks up at kevin costner who's driving the boys in the passenger seat and he basically says like if you ever kick me in the head again i'll kill you and then they do this back and forth thing about like what if what's a threat and what's a fact Because Kevin Costner was like, is that a threat? And he says, no, it's a fact. And then he says, boy, hold the wheel. And then he says, here's a fact. I'm going to break your nose. And then he fucking punches him in the face and he takes the gun. And it's just, it's funny. And then they go to this gas station. Kevin Costner leaves for a minute. And then the guy, he gives the gun to the boy and says, point this at him. And if he moves, kill him. And then it gets real creepy. Like, the guy is, like, getting real close to him and then, like, looks at his dong because he's the boy just has underwear on because they took him in the morning and he's like you got a tiny pecker and then he takes the gun but the gun has no bullets
0: <laughs> who takes the gun the
1: bad guy okay and it's fun because he gave the kid a gun with no bullets and then the guy so then um he's like kind of gr- like holding the kid and like kissing on him a little maybe it's not very clear mm-hmm. but it's like definitely heavy creepy and the boy just runs and then the guy runs, and then Kevin Costner comes out of the general store, also runs. So they're all crawling around in this field of, like, maybe three foot high plant of some sort. And it's weird.
0: corn, man. It's
1: not corn. Give me Kevin Costner
0: in a corn field. It's
1: kale. I don't know. It's something. Fuck you. Um, and basically, Kevin Costner and the, the creep get face to face, and Kevin Costner has the gun. And the guy says, you don't have any bullets. And then Kevin Costner holds up the bullets. And the guy's like, oh, shit. And then he shoots him. He's gone. Thank God, cause that guy was a creep. He was dead weight. He was weighing down the whole story. Now the fun can begin. Fun. Okay. Where are we? So we're in the we're in the mobile command unit. We're going around Texas, and Laura Dern is just trying to talk about the case, and then Clint Wood like tells a funny, funny joke, and then she pulls him aside and basically just goes on this whole thing. Where she's like, I'm not going to be your fucking straight man while you are over here impressing them because you're some hillbilly Sherlock Holmes, which is a great line. Also, I must mention she's not quite southern in this, but she's not not southern. She Texan. I guess that's a good word. Yep.
0: That... <laughs> what's
1: a what's a good way to describe a Texan? Southern, but not southern. <laughs> like they got their own thing going on. She's also wearing this like very subtly cowboy shirt. It's like one hints of <laughs> some bolo tie. Like um. You know, like what Big Tex is wearing, like that big dude at the Texas State Fairground, like one of those cowboy shirts. It like it has that print on the front, like the fringy, mm-hmm. but just very subtle. And I was like, "Ooh, that's nice." Nice. Thank Clint picked that. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> he came in and said, "Laura, I got some options for you." Little fact. Clint Eastwood does all of the dressing oh, all the dress design and wardrobe on every film. He's very passionate. He sews it himself. And they kind of, like, reach a compromise, and he's like, fine, I won't be a misogynistic dick, and I'll listen to you if you have blah, 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 blah. Um, and then at one point during her whole thing, she says, she is one of the two smartest people involved in this case. And when they're when they're done with their conversation, he's like, so who's the other person? And she's like, oh, Kevin Costner. <laughs> it, was just, it was fun, because, nah. yeah. <laughs> and he is very smart. He's a very smart man. Um, And when they're still in the camper, and... um one of the guys makes a dick joke and he looks over her and says sorry ma'am and she just says dick humor unique that happens like three times in the movie where the guys are just being guys and they look at her and say sorry and she's just like shut up (laughs) (laughs) i got more important things to do um so kevin costner and boy are on the road they're having fun the boy doesn't have a dad so he gets to have a dad for a little bit kevin costner doesn't have a boy he gets to have a boy for a little bit it's a fun little thing they uh, talk about time travel. So, if you're gonna kidnap someone, kidnap the child of a single mother. Exactly. I mean, you know, I had feelings that this might be a bad kidnapping movie. It's not a good one, but like more ethically. But you know, the, they had fun. They had they, they had a they romped around. They you know
0: they had fun. They
1: had fun. Uh, they get a new car, new pants. They get the boys some pants. Um, they, they just pull up on this farm and take the car. And Kevin Costner is there in full jail whites. He's just plucking clothes off a clothesline outside. And there's a farmer like 300 feet back in a field just on his tractor. And he looks at him and Kevin Costner just waves. And then the farmer waves and then he looks very confused. And it was just, I felt like that was a good power move to pull. Like, yeah, I belong here. <laughs> nope. And uh, he gets it. They take the car. And uh, the boy pees for a long time around this time. he pees for on an on-screen pee of about two to three minutes and then the when they find they're in the car they're driving away kevin costner's like how many rc colas did you have and the boy said four and that was just one of those fun little reminders in a period piece that no one used to drink water ever back then (laughs) and i'm so amazed because like i don't know
0: well there was lead if i don't drink enough
1: water i feel terrible did everyone just feel terrible back then They were all monster people. I guess. I mean, like, they just smoked, like, two packs of cigarettes a day and drank RC Cola and ate Moon Pies. Like, hit kids. Yeah, there's a lot of kid hitting in this movie.
0: (laughs) Bet there is.
1: Believe it, Clint Eastwood does not spare the rod, I'll tell you that much. Ay Um, We cut, we learned that um, Clint Eastwood has put out, like, a no-kill order to everybody, like, don't kill him on sight, we need him alive, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're in the car again. They're kind of talking. Why do
0: they need him alive?
1: Um, I think what Clint Eastwood says is basically, like, I don't want no two-bit sheriff pulling a, I don't know, something like that. He doesn't want some sheriff, like, trying to be the hero.
0: Nab his collar.
1: Something like that. And they know that Kevin Costner isn't, like, you know, nefariously evil. They know he's just, like, a very smart escaped inmate who has a boy with him. Yeah. At least, Laura Dern knows this. The other guys are a little more skeptical. But, like, okay. you know, he's... Of escaped cons, he is definitely, like, in the top 10 percentile escaped of not people. with a heart of gold. He is. <laughs> and a dream to fiddle in a band and meet his dad and have sex with a lady. <laughs> <laughs> All in the same night. You ready, eight-year-old boy I just kidnapped? And then they high-five and off into the sunset. <sighs> but uh, there's, some, there's some talk about their dads. They, like, have a back and forth. And he's like, that's that's what you and me have in common, buddy. We, uh, we're we handsome devils. We love RC Cola. We don't got dad's worth a damn. And then the boy's like, mama says dad'll come back when I'm 10. And he's like, that's not true. And I was like, I'm glad he said it. Cause yeah. someone needs to tell this boy that it's not going to
0: come happen. back when you're 10? That's like not I'm just
1: going to delay this trauma. And off. I think I'm she said, the, the exact quote is like, she said he'll come back when I'm about 10 or so. And I was like, oh, that's just so sad because he's not gonna forget that that's not something you and like 10 or so then he's like 13 Well, maybe so so dad (laughs) (laughs) so they get into this little town which is beautiful they go to this little store which just made me wish i could go to texas in the 60s not for long but (laughs) don't get me wrong there's a lot of things i wouldn't like but just go to a quaint little store and buy a pair of pants from a lady that's all i want they go to this store there's there's clerks everywhere because back in the day that's how stores were. You'd go and people would like help you and like be very personal. Weird. I know. Now you just go and you don't want anyone to talk to you, like at all. Like, even Do the checkouts myself. don't make eye contact. You scan my items. If I were in your position, I would make eye contact. Yeah, I've been. No, in that I position. just
0: pretend to read the the credit card screen. Yeah. The whole time. I just I hour. memorize. My I just memorized
1: the numbers. Four seven nine 2, three two one eight seven two one three four. Is that? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, man, there's just so much going on here. Uh, basically, they're in the store, and it's playing on the TV that he's he is him. But his name is Butch, by the way. Butch is on the run with a little boy. Um, the store manager has, like, an office kind of above everything, but it's open air, so you can see how it, like, looks at him. And there's this weird back and forth where, like, it's the manager and then kevin costner and the manager and kevin costner and the manager is like slowly picking up the phone while making full eye contact with kevin costner and (laughs) kevin costner just goes like not says no with his head and the bank manager is just like just stares at him and then he he slips some money into the bra of the girl that helped him like he leans over the counter and does that and says you've been you've been the greatest helper you've been the greatest um what's the word clerk i've ever dealt with and then he walks out and then there's cops there, so he does this little, like, car chase in the town center. And he is parked somewhere, and there's a cop right behind him. And he backs into the cop car, and that cop looked so befuddled and amazed that someone was, like, fighting back. Like, he 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 looked like a—he was a small-town sheriff that probably has never been, like, fought on anything. So he yeah. just—he looked—he was the embodiment of a goofy, like, overwhelmed— like, chief-wigamy, like, oh, my God! He was um, Barney Fife. Yeah. And it was hilarious. And then, like, he he's doing this whole thing. He stops in front of the store, and he says, get in, boy. No, he says, it's your choice, which he does multiple times. The boy always comes back to him, but he's like, you can leave or stay. I don't care. Boy comes. He steals a Casper the Ghost costume, because he never got to celebrate Halloween, because his mom's a Jehovah's Witness, Aww. if you forgot. And um, the lady who runs the store... Is yelling at the boy and is mad just because he's stealing the costume. She's not mad about the entire, like, town chase or the fact that he's an escaped con. She's just like, you're a little piece of shit, you know that? And then Kevin Costner says, you ain't that nice, lady, and shoots the window. And I think he was right to do so. Because that's a mean thing to yell at a kid. Who's stealing? Yeah. I mean, of, like, there has been a like massive car chase in your town. There's an escaped ex-con. This kid has been kidnapped yeah, but by him. You're a business owner. That ain't your she problem. She ain't an owner. She just works there. It's and like paid. she wasn't like she could have like tried to sa- like grab him and be like, I'm gonna save you. She was just yelling at him expletives that he was stealing, and I was like, that was a bad I, move. Yeah, lady. I hadn't forgotten for a moment that this boy <laughs> has been kidnapped. <laughs> he was kid- like, she was just like, Hey you, boy. Just like in Home Alone when Kevin accidentally steals the toothbrush, like just talk to him, man. Jeez, I'm so worked up. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Um, this all happened, so all the cops are starting to get stirred. They go over this little bridge, and I I don't know why it stuck with me, but the bridge the height was six ten. That's a really low bridge, right? Well, I mean, it's just I mean that's a, I know people that are six ten.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. I, I guess I'm used to big city bridges.
0: Yeah, they're. they're... Made trucks smaller back then. Guess, truck, no it, truck didn't have
1: the lifted. No truck was taller than six ten back the back in that day. You know,
0: all little pocket trucks.
1: And then, uh, so they they got out of the heat. Kevin Costner and his boy, and they're like sitting in a field. And Kevin Costner says, "Get dressed, put some new underwear, and new pants." And the boy's like, "Not doing it." And Kevin Costner's like, "What? Are you afraid I'll see your pecker?" And <laughs> then there's this great little chunk of the movie of just pecker talk and the boy says it's puny which is what the creepy guy said to him earlier when he looked at his dick which was really weird by the way and kevin costner was like okay show me i'll shoot straight with you and then he shows him his dick and kevin costner says oh you got a mighty fine pecker for a boy your age (laughs) and i was like so like sort of
0: sweet and also
1: really fucked up like I don't even like. I feel so many ways about that entire segment of the film. I'm I'm here for it. I don't know. Yeah. It worked. I, I really just like the idea of him saying, "I'll shoot straight with you. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna bullshit you, kid." Let's Snippet see. It. Working with. <laughs> oh my god! And then uh, so it seems like everything's going smooth. The boy has some pants. Kevin Costner has a nice shirt and they're driving down the highway, and what do they see but a mobile command unit for the Texas oh, government. No. And Kevin Costner's like honking, and he's like, here, like, wave, and maybe we can get him to honk. And then they do, and they pass, and he's he's in his Casper mask, waving. And then they pass, and Laura Dern's like, that's them. That's them. What kind of mask did he steal? Casper? That's them. And then they turn around, they get in this hole. She's good. They get in this chase, and they're pu- it's like a, just an old truck pulling like a AeroStream camper so they like go off road and kevin costner's in like a real car and what happened <laughs> the camper becomes unhitched as soon as they're off road and it like catches up with the truck and it's just a funny visual gag of like <laughs> the people that were pulling the camper look oh no i think it's laura Durr notices first and she sees that they're like the camper the, is they're running with the truck them. and he's like oh son of a bitch <laughs> And the governor calls and he's like he wants that trailer back for tomorrow and clinnie says ah tell him to come get it it's it's fun there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here um we learned that um When Butch... Okay, so there's this whole thing where Laura Dern, like, role plays as Butch and is, like, explaining his rap sheet. We find out that he grew up in a whorehouse. His mother died when he was young. His father took him for a bit, and then he, like, started prison stints, and then he's been in and out all the time. Um, We find out his dad left him when he did and went to Alaska and sent him a postcard. And so they're going to Alaska. That's what he tells the boy. And then the boy, he's like, we can... They hit a dirt road because apparently in texas at this point towns would just build half a road and then quit
0: hey i mean you can't do it all in one shot i
1: I guess you're right and apparently it'd been 20 years and they still didn't finish it so (laughs) i mean (laughs) pennsylvania construction am i right (laughs) so and then the guy's like oh we can drive or we can go on foot it's only about 1500 miles i reckon and it's a funny little joke (laughs) ah they need food so they go trick-or-treating because the boy never got to go trick-or-treating they just go to this little house that's like within eyesight and he the boy goes up and says trick-or-treating the lady's like oh that was yesterday which it was colonically no colonic is butt stuff canonically there we go and um then butch kind of flashes his gun and she's like okay she just gives him like money and bread and mustard and stuff they have mustard sandwiches in the car it's kind of weird and sad and then they um they get picked up by this family there's this whole thing with the car where uh the kid is inside making mustard sandwiches as one does and he knocks the gear shift and it starts like rolling back and he hits the gas and starts like shooting back and then they like it's this whole thing they get in with the family they're in this old caddy this new caddy actually old for me new for them and, uh, you know, they get through the, there's a checkpoint, they get through it, because they're they're not in their stolen car, they're just in the back of a car with their family, mm. wink. And then um, there's this thing that becomes a pattern, where, um, well, let me restart here. um So, one of the kids is drinking soda out of a glass, in a car, moving, and I thought that was odd, and then she immediately spills it, and the mom, like, freaks out, and, like, yells at them, and, like, kind of, like, doesn't hit them, just very, like, grabs them by the arms and sits them down and says, just sit there and shut up. And I was like, what did you think was gonna happen? Yeah. You give gave a you gave a child, less than ten years old, a glass an open glass of soda in a new car. <laughs> and then um this what pattern emerges here that every time a parent is abusive to a child, Butch reacts very harshly because he was abused as a child. So when this happens, he basically says, Okay, I'm gonna steal your car now, which he does. Um, they go to. Ah, cornfield. Oh, they don't go to a Cornfield yet. We're getting there very soon. Um, sorry, there's just so much going on in this movie. And it also takes place in, like, an RV and a car, so it's, like, very confusing. Um, we go back to the RV. And there's some tater tots and T-bone steaks in the mini fridge, which are for the governor. But they cook them because <laughs> they need food. And there's uh, this really scummy FBI agent that's with them, who's played by um, Bradley Whitford.
0: Hell yeah! And I, was, I really love
1: him. But in this, he's just such a scumbag. Like he goes in the camp and he's like to Laura Dern. He's just like, eh, hey, you know, I like, I think business and pleasure should be mixed more. And Laura Dern's like. Oh, wait, he says, I love work, and she says, so did Hitler. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I love my work. So did Hitler. And, like, she's, he's just being such a dick. And then Clint book comes in and is, like, she like he basically, like, without saying anything directly to him, at the start says, like, Laura Dirt, how would you like your steak? And then she leaves. And then he says, if you do that again, I'll kill you. Which is fair. Clint Eastwood's a good man. At least he was in 1993. Yeah. I don't know about now, but you know um we talk about jehovah's witnesses a little bit um we talk about the fact that um cotton candy and roller coasters are a god-given american right which i agree with and if you try to take that away from me my cold dead hands i guess i said that wrong um if you <laughs> you, you, tr- you can pry that from my cold dead hands there we go yeah. and then uh, the boy rides on the roof of the car it's a whole thing. It's very like, whoa, yeah, this
0: is probably the best it's going to get. Freedom and manifest destiny.
1: And then more and more. they go to none other than Squat and Gobble, the best darn, best darn foodery this side of the Rio Grande. And it's them. It's them in a restaurant with this lady. And the lady from the get go is just like, I want to fuck Kevin Costner. And she's, like, eating the pickle real sexy. And then she's, like, scooping ketchup real sexy. She's just, like, <laughs> she's really just, she wants it. I don't know.
0: Apparently, squat and gobble.
1: Squat and gobble waitress. Really, really, uh, yeah. She wants it. And they do, like, start to get into it a little bit. Like, he sends the boy out to, like, kick gravel or something. <laughs> go <laughs> and kick rocks. He, yeah, he says, like, go. Ahead. why don't you go out in the parking lot and kick some rocks? <laughs> and then they, like, start getting into it. And he's, like. He's, like, ki- kissing her all over, down, south. And the boy just, like, is watching.
0: She's <laughs> in a restaurant? Yeah. Like she's, in... she's working? Yeah.
1: I mean, there's literally no one. It's her and oh, them and yeah. no one else. It's, like, later in the evening. So they're, like, they're getting it on. And then the boy sees them. And Kevin Costner is, like, uh, I gotta go. And he leaves. And they get in the car. And he's, like, a little stern. He's, like, you, in the car now. And they leave. And the, they sit there in the car. They're, like, driving for a minute. And... Then he's, the boy is like, are you mad at me? And he's like, no. And it's just this fun little back and forth where she, he's like, do you love her? And he's like, yeah, I, I love her. I love her. <laughs> he says something like, um, yeah, I love her. I kissed her butt, didn't I? Because he was like <laughs> down there doing stuff. It was a fun little, you know, it was, it was a fun little back and forth everybody does with the kidnapped child they're taking across Texas. At this point... They pull into a cornfield for the night to sleep. Cornfield! We're in a cornfield. If you build it, they will come. And you know what they build? They build a list of things that the boy never got to do because he's a Jehovah's Witness.
0: Named Billy Cryer. And at
1: this point in my life, or at this point in the movie, it feels like a weird dig at Jehovah's Witnesses for no reason, but it's not even that harsh. It's just like, they don't get to do things normal kids get to do, and like, that's it. Yeah. And it's fine, I don't know. It just feels like a weird... Considering, like, this movie does have a lot of, like, progressive things with women, and, like, Clint Eastwood made it, I mean, he obviously has certain beliefs that aren't terrible, but, like, it's, it just feels like an odd one to pick out and be like, that's what I'm gonna...
0: Yeah, I mean, I get, like, it's a weird one.
1: It that it
0: would be like if, um...
1: Ah, uh, what's the good one? Like... I used... No, never mind. I've I've realized saying it out loud would make me sound bad, so I'm not going to do it. But let me just... No, I, I, I can't. Okay. So, I used to work... We'll get back to this. I used to work at a place called the Crayola Experience. And it was very often... It was like a kids' entertainment place. I did, like, live shows with crayon videos on time loops, and I would have certain lines I'd have to say and blah, blah, blah. But... There was this thing that would happen where every, um, like, uh, every time there was a holiday, like within the traditional realm of like Christianity, so like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, etc. Not that Thanksgiving is Christian, but you know, like an, a white American, American holiday, yeah. we would be open. I think we closed cr- maybe Christmas Day, and I think that was the only day they were ever closed to this day. And every time that happened, we would just be overrun by Hasidic Jewish people. It would be just ascetic Jewish people because they weren't celebrating those holidays so they took that as an advantage to go. And in my experience, they are very brisk and rude with people. Granted, they were at a kids entertainment place and they were there. I mean, I was also brisk and rude with people and I didn't get to leave at the end of the day, so I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they
0: kept you in the back? They did, <laughs> so yeah. Little cages.
1: But like, I feel like that would be comparable if somebody made a movie that like portrayed a hasidic jewish person that way but like didn't really do anything with it yeah like okay. i like like this podcast like i'm saying i think they're brisk and rude sometimes i feel like that's what he did in this movie
0: yeah so like the only thing they really mention about the religion yeah is that like you, the, don't, oh, have, don't, you don't have literally
1: you don't have halloween and that's it like <laughs> hey man have have your one thing <laughs> everybody needs one thing to be angry about for you it's your height right <laughs> so, the 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 anger with which you puffed out your vape really you really explained so. it so they're sleeping in a cornfield um, we cut to Clint Eastwood and Laura Dern. They're sitting late at night by the fire, talking. And we find out that Clint Eastwood is the reason that Butch went to jail in the first place. Because Laura Dern thinks it was odd that he was sentenced to four years for, like, stealing a car, which is what he did. And Clint said if he would have stayed with his dad, he would have spent his entire life in jail, like, in and out. Which he kind of so Clint Eastwood did. was
0: like, I was doing him a yeah, favor. Clint Eastwood
1: said he bought the judge a steak and said, set this boy up for a while. And he did. And it didn't really end up helping him, because he wound up escaping from jail and kidnapping a boy, so...
0: Yeah, but getting to be the father he never had. I mean, I don't
1: know if that's a justification looking, for, looking <laughs> for rigging his, the justice at system. his
0: adoptive, kidnapping son's dick, you know.
1: Well, you know, it's a, it's a good pecker for a boy his age, so... <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Um... This, they're in the field and this, uh, corn combine like comes up on them, and they're like freaked out. And this guy there, like Kevin Costner has his gun ready and this guy just leans in the window. He's like an older black gentleman. He has cro- What? It, would it still be crossed eyes if they point different ways? What would that be?
0: Wall-eyed.
1: Wall-eyed. But he just leans in and he's like, I work at night cause it's cooler. And Kevin Costner's like, okay, we're going to leave now. And he's like, no, no, come and sleep in my house. And I'll give you food and stuff. And they're like, okay, fine. So they do. They wake up in the morning. There's, like, a, the another lady. There, the, His wife is there. And they have a, their grandchild lives with them. And everything seems nice. And then, big uh-oh, they're sitting at the breakfast table. And the guy comes in from work. He was working all night. And he's like, boy, go to my truck and get me my thermos. And then he, like, hits him across the head and says, go do it. And Whoa. then, you know, uh-oh. Kid got hit. Kevin Costner's going but on. Butch ain't having it. But um, then we see it. there's a scene where he's like dancing with his wife. He He's like, he lets it go. He's like, fine. And then there's a scene where he's like kind of dancing with his wife, with the, the guy's wife. and It's a nice little time. He's playing a song he used to listen to at the whorehouse when he was little. And then uh, the dude is upstairs on the toilet picking at his nails and he's listening to the radio and what comes on but the report of Butch and the Boy. Because apparently, that's all that used to be on the radio. Just crime reports, (laughs) 24-7. Man and boy, running from law. (laughs) President Kennedy coming to Texas next month. Everyone, prepare your flags. (laughs) Ah, little did they know. And then it gets really, really tense. He, Butch is like, we're gonna, he goes up, turns off the radio and says, you're not gonna give us any trouble and we're gonna leave. And then uh, they're leaving and the little boy, the other little boy, like their little boy comes up to him and says, I want to do a flip because he was like doing a little flip thing with his hands. And the grandfather grabs him and like hits him twice and pulls him away and that sets him off. There's this whole really tense like 20 minute section where like he ties them all up and duct tapes their mouths and he's going to Kevin Costner ties them all up. And he like, he tells the grandfather like grab him and tell him you love him. It's free. Do it. And he like, just it's hitting him and like really intense and then he's gonna like kill him like he ties them up and says to the grandmother and the boy close your eyes don't look and there's this whole thing and while this is happening um he gives the kid he took the gun and he says like point it at him while i do something or another and then the boy shoots him
0: shoots the the dad
1: yeah shoots kevin costner rather oh like it I, I There's no the good... The kid? Yes. There's no good way for me to explain what happens in this, like, ten minute section, but it's just incredibly intense. He, like, puts the song back on, and they're just sitting there and he's, like, just making eye contact, and he's gonna kill him, and then he gives the gun to the boy and the boy shoots him. And the boy then just, like, runs out, gets rid of the gun, he throws it down the well, he takes the keys out of the car, throws them down the well, and then Kevin is just, like, bleeding there. And he pulls out a pocket knife and he's walking towards the family and you think, oh, he's gonna still kill him. And then he just puts it down in front of him so they can untie themselves. And he says, thank you for your hospitality. And then he leaves. So <laughs> the boy's just running away. Kevin Costner's following him. Kevin Costner is alarmingly calm and he's just like talking, yelling out at the boy like, I get it. I get why you did it. <laughs> it, it I was a dick. I said, well, let's, just have, you. <laughs> let's just have a little man to man and we can go about we can go about our business. Um, And he's just real calm He's talking about how he's only killed two people in his life And both of those were for hurting people Because when he was re- like eight years old He killed someone that was hurting his mom But that got swept under the rug All Cajun style That's what Laura Dern said cause he, What style? All Cajun style Because he grew up in a whorehouse in New Orleans And then he killed uh, his creepy friend Because he was He was bright. Talking about the boy's pecker, um, and he, he they finally he like the boy climbs a tree because he's scared, and Kevin Costner like sits up against the tree, and they're just kind of talking, and then the boy comes down, and he's like, "I get why you did it." Um, what does that say? Walkins for squares. I need to take better notes um he talks about his dad and he's just talking about like ah i'm I'm glad you did it at least it was someone i knew and it's like very sweet because you can tell like he knew he kind of went off the handle and he was like pulling back from it all the cops like come in they're all like up on the ridge and kevin coster's just like yelling at him like I- we're going to mexico um you-, you let it you back off or i'll shoot the boy in the head and then the the kid's looking at him, and the just looks back, and he's like, "What are you looking at? I don't even have a gun." It's <laughs> just it was a funny thing, um, and uh, it's just it's a bummer. There's a helicopter, and the he's just like, "Look, there's your spaceship. You got one of your wishes," and the cops are just like, <laughs> "Jehovah's
0: Witnesses don't get spaceships. They don't.
1: That's a little. They don't get sugar or normal underwear or spaceships. No, those are Mormons, and that's a real fake religion. But we don't have time for that right now." So it he's like, he's getting ready, basically says to the boy, like, are you ready to go home? Because his mom is there. She was in the helicopter. And the boy's like, yeah. And then Kevin Costner is basically reading his demands, which are he wants candy for the boy because he wants to go trick-or-treating. And then Clint Eastwood is just like, go, get it. So he sends one of his deputies around with a hat and they're just filling it with, every officer just has a piece his of candy, candy on him and they're just throwing it in and it's funny. And then he's like. He yells out to his mama. He's like, "I, you need to take him to a fair so he can eat cotton candy and go on roller coasters. And Clint Eastwood says, she promises. And Kevin Costner says, I want her to say it. And it's, it's just such a goofy, like, semi-sweet thing. Considering everything that's led to this. Right, just he's, like, like,
0: bleeding out.
1: And then Kevin Costner, like, says, put your arms in the air, put your mask on, go up and scare them. And Kevin Costner just starts, like, kind of walk crawling the other way. And the boy gets, like, halfway there. And then he stops and turns around and runs towards Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner's like, I thought we had a pretty good deal. I thought we had a good uh, arrangement. And it was like a funny, another, and just he's just so yeah. darn, he's so darn pithy in oh, his shucks. dying hour of this movie. Um, but yeah, you know, he's dying. And then uh, Clint Eastwood, he throws his gun away and he goes walking out to him and he's like talking to him. And the FBI, the scummy, scummy FBI guy just has a, a like a sniper rifle and he's pointing it at the dude and he says like Clint Eastwood says I'll tell you when so he walks up he's talking and he's on the ground and he's pulling out the Alaska postcard from his father to give to the boy and when he's doing this everyone's like he has a gun the FBI guy greases him and it's such a bummer he gets shot Aww. just right in the center of the chest and he dies, and then like everybody leaves. and Clint Eastwood comes back and fucking clocks him, and I was so happy. <laughs> and the, another guy's like, Why'd you do that? And Clint Eastwood said, I didn't say when. And then uh, Lord Dern knees him in the dick. That, yeah, yeah <laughs> he starts yeah. kicking this guy. <laughs> it's just, honestly, and I'm killing gl- him. I knew him it for- was gonna happen, but I'm glad it actually did because I, f- yeah, I don't know. It was a huge bummer. Kevin Costner dies, they go off. That's it. It's over. And the reason I'm a little upset is because in Gran Torino there's also like a gun fake at the end.
0: Oh right.
1: Spoiler alert! If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, he's he's trying to get like this group of basically like Asian gangsters that are terrorizing the people that live around him out of the neighborhood. So he fakes having a gun, and they kill him. But by killing him, they all get sent to jail, and then like the neighborhood is like free of this crime and stuff. So basically, it's just the same gag, but like a different setting. I don't know. I'm not that upset, though. I still think this is a pretty decent movie, although it is a little bit of a bummer. I'm sorry I didn't explain it that well. No, it it sounded good. Some of the movies I have to watch for this are just so taxing to have to like talk about in detail because it's just like this whole movie is basically like a guy in a car with a boy, Clint Eastwood in a camper with Laura Dern and that's it yep and like a country house or two for maybe 15 (laughs) minutes but yeah good movie um i want to eat this eat at the squat and gobble for sure when i go to texas that's my first stop at
0: the squat
1: and gobble (laughs) eating ass the squat and gobble you know that that's what i missed most when i was in jail eating ass at a nice little texas uh texas restaurant i think that's what guy fieri does no,
0: he's he doesn't need that. He's
1: just gobbling can wherever he can. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he keeps that little soul patch. Goblin flavor can. saver. Oh, no. Well, we got really gross. Let's let's uh, let's lighten this up. What's between your turns, Max? Ooh, great quest. Take the load off me.
0: Um, I watched a wonderful show on Amazon Prime Video mm. called The Wilds. Do you know about it? Oh, it's so good. It's Lost with Teenage Girls. The
1: Wilds. I don't know if I've heard of this game. It came out like a month ago.
0: And it's very like plot-wise, it's like teenage girls are going on like a a weekend retreat thing and the plane crashes and they're stuck on an island, but there's all this mystery surrounding why they're there.
1: So you're saying these girls are going wild.
0: How dare you? The girls you? have gone
1: wild is the what girls you were have saying. Gone wild. <laughs> These girls. That was
0: the that was the working title. This is actually um,
1: what that guy set out to make, but they wouldn't let him. <laughs> the studio was like, "No, you're going to make
0: Categorically not <laughs> <with> stu- Joe <laughs>
1: Francis. The studio said you're going to make it a booby picture, and he said, "But I want to make art." <laughs> Damn, Joe Francis finally got his day. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> so horrible. I don't know what got in. Show. <laughs> like um, this show.
0: So you get it's like eight or nine girls, and you get like the
1: oh yeah, eight or nine. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. am <laughs> really uh, sorry.
0: You get the backstory of each ah, of them. some backstory, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> and how much? Basically, for each of them, how much life is a nightmare being a teenage girl because people will say and do things like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's amazing. It's really, like, it gets, it's, like, kind of ridiculous in, like, the lost sort of way. Like, it, it gets, it borders on the absurd, but it's very fun and also <laughs> very, like, suspenseful. And also, all the characters are really good. I know none of these actresses, as far as I know, none yeah, of them have done I was looking much, at them. They all and they're all fantastic. Fresh. Um, so that I can't recommend enough. Um, I just watched season three of Cobra Kai. Ooh. Not as good as the first two.
1: Oh, you telling me our boy, uh, oh, what's his name? Ralph Macchio. Yeah, our boy Ralph Macchio isn't living up to the hype. I, I mean, he's such a dweeb, but, you know, but that's he, like one of the best parts of the show. I just think he should remake the Billy Grier movie. Yeah, fuck this Cobra Kai Honestly, bullshit. he has the money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one, they, so they teased at the end of season two that Allie from The Karate Kid was a mutual mm. love interest. Of both the, the hero and the villain would be coming back. And they, like, shoehorn her in at the end. Mm. Shoe, her name is Elizabeth Shu. We, we didn't get enough shoe. Not enough And that shoe. hurt me. You know, some people say too much shoe, but you say not enough. Not enough shoe. If you want good shoe, go watch The Boys on Amazon Prime
1: video. Hey man, I um, have been... Cobra Kai. Nah, wearing... First two seasons are great. Season three, nah. I've been pretty big on vans lately, not gonna lie. Nice and comfy. <laughs> Especially the kitchen vans. It took a little to break in, but they're real nice now. Nope. Definitely Nick
0: really showing his age here, wearing the, the most popular shoe of slightly rebellious 8th graders. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I do have to say, I do want to get the Crocs kitchen shoe next. I feel like they're more cleanable. They're probably a little comfier. Sorry, this is just the what's, inner monologue. What's between your drinks? Nothing else. Just the wilds and karate. Kids? That's yeah. That's all I got. I've been well, I do with... have something that you can probably talk on a touch. Oh. Um. The super fucking weird New Year's Eve. Oh God. <laughs> wow. Yes. I still. I don't think we were watching the real one.
0: We. My friend posted a video of the of the footage we were watching, so we were not alone. I don't
1: even think it was called New Year's Rock and Eve.
0: It wasn't. I don't think was. Which is fair,
1: because it it really wasn't. There. No, they still do it. Ryan Seacrest didn't show up at all. I don't know why they did it the way they did it. Let me just break it down for you. So, the male love interest from Clueless and Ozzy Osbourne's daughter were the hosts. No, the
0: male love interest from Mean Girls. Oh,
1: I don't care. It's Either way, it doesn't matter. That would be Paul Rudd. Aw, oh, that would have been so good if Paul Rudd huh? <laughs> Paul Rudd wouldn't so, do <laughs> it was this nameless, faceless actor who hosts, like, Cupcake Wars. Aaron and Samuels. And Ozzy Osbourne's daughter, who... Dropped off at some like she was she was there. just like
0: a guest she was in it for like uh, why was minutes. she even there what does she do <laughs> she's a Ozzy good good personality ah oh, whatever she sang for a bit I <sighs> don't
1: oh, no. anyway it was lame real lame there were a bunch there was a USO performance but like
0: making no mistake it's always lame what was I, fascinating
1: about this was that it was like I don't think it's always lame yeah, usually you, you Ryan you Seacrest can't be shows up <laughs> and like. A famous person is, like, Weezer played a few years ago. I thought that was just the tops. But <laughs> it was, like, USO performed for an hour. A bunch of nameless, faceless people performed. There were a bunch of weird blow-up boxes with, like, first-line workers. And, like, one of them was people from the Navy for some reason. I don't, this all it just, it was a bummer. And before that, we were just watching a, a live stream aerial camera of Times Square. And you could just see how deserted it was.
0: With, like, weird...
1: Like Brian Eno music, <laughs> it was like falling asleep music, like
0: like not I, like
1: discomforting. It was co- it was a bummer. I don't know why we watched it as long as we did. We all just oh, sat there great. quietly, like oh man, was,
0: I I enjoyed
1: it. <laughs> we it were all stone insane. sober, just <laughs> like oh, what's going on? I'm not down for this. So yeah, that was weird. If you also watched it, please let me know because I still still don't believe it was real it was just something they made for us it was a prank it's a long form prank (laughs) next year we're all gonna tune into the real one and Ryan Seacrest is gonna be like hey there is no virus hey uh, Max, Nick, Mike and the rest of y'all punked (laughs) Ryan Seacrest's punked Uh. (laughs) anyway um, real thing I did I finally watched UHF
0: Oh I have never I hardly remember it, but I I've seen never
1: it. seen it. I don't know how I haven't seen it. Weird Owl, of course. Weird Al's feature film. He is a national treasure. It is full of go- goofs, gaffs, and gags. It was a heck of a time. It features a now now uh dispelled from Hollywood, Kramer. I didn't realize M- that Michael Richard? Yes, and just it was a good time. Um who else? Um Dr. Demento is briefly in it. Also, oh, the comedian who plays the shop teacher. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, mm, he toured with him a few years ago. It doesn't matter. The man who played Long Duck Dong in that Molly Ringwald picture was also in it. <laughs> it was just a heck of a time. I really enjoyed it. And I finally... Is, what was it? Who's—is Kevin McCarthy the shop teacher? No, it's like he has a... a different name it's like emo Phillips that's it emo Phillips a great. different name I love emo Phillips he's such a cool best Bob in the game but yeah um it's a great thing and I finally got to hear the Beverly hillbilly song he did which I don't know if I've ever actually heard really it's um yeah it's dire straits
0: yeah money for nothing money
1: for nothing but it's the Beverly hillbilly yeah I was
0: wondering when oh. that would come back
1: I just something about hearing that song in the state I was in at the time it just broke my mind like my third eye opened and i was like oh this is what i meant to do watch this movie so yeah Yeah, i'm amazed you hadn't watched it yet i have definitely seen parts of it but i've never like just sat down like uninterrupted and it was it was worth it if you have not seen uhf i heavily recommend and as a person working as a shitty fry cook currently there's a it opens with a lot of good shitty fry cook humor because he works at a, it's like Big Bertha's Burger Hut or something like that. It's the whole thing. Love is Love me some
0: fry cook
1: humor. Uh, love it.
0: So yeah, that's
1: pretty much what's between my durns this week. All right. How about you, Max. Well, I it did well. Dreams. Oh, should we do the little durn? Oh, let's go back between your durns. <laughs> <laughs> take take let's another peek. Let's back and forth it for a while.
0: Um. So yeah, little durn. Little durn. So I watched um a season six episode of. The Larry Sanders Show, my which I must admit, this is the first episode I've seen. Um, Are you? Do you know what the Larry Sanders Show is?
1: We did discuss this briefly. It stars Gary Shandling, who is a famous, famous, funny, funny man who just died this year, maybe last year. Last year, and um, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is basically like a. Is this like? Frasier adjacent, like the idea of like a show within a show, like he hosts his the show yes, in it. Yes, and then but there's a, like to
0: call it Frasier adjacent well, I, wouldn't do but... it
1: justice.
0: Let me let me tell you a little bit about oh, that show. Go on. Um, fill me in. So Gary Shandling, yes, stand up comedian. He was a guest host on the Tonight Show, and was in the running to replace Johnny Carson in the Tonight Show. And he made first he made a show called. It's Gary Shandling's show from 1986 to 1990, which is similar to this in some ways and apparently sort of cult classic. Sort of, he'd do a lot of um, breaking the fourth wall, talking directly to the audience. Kind of like that Seinfeld thing where he's doing stand-up, like the monologue. Um, or where he'd be doing stand-up. But it, it, it's a cult classic, but like not many people have seen that one. Then... So he gets, he doesn't get the Carson gig, but he gets offered some other network um, late night talk show job. So instead, I'll I'll quote this from someone who wrote about it. Shandling turned down hosting a network late night show to do a brilliant cult hit sitcom about a version of himself who took the deal. (laughs) Um, So this is now, he plays Larry Sanders, who is a loosely fictionalized version of himself. Um, he hosts a talk show. It stars... Um, his sidekick is Jeffrey Tambor. Ah. Um, his producer is Rip Torn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wonder Yeah, the three of them. Oh, my God. Um, and we're going to do a little game where you have to name... So this show ran from 1992 to 1998... And I will not continue until you're able to name five people who guest starred, not including Laura Dern. And this is just name names, because it's everybody. Ted Danson.
1: No. Great guest Wow. Billy Crystal. Yes. Okay, I got one. Um, Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, Tom Hanks. No, wow, this is really easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about you? S- I that too. Brand in the nineties. Uh, Jay Leno. Yes. Uh did. I was gonna say Johnny Carson, but I don't think he would have done that. <gasps> no. Oh, damn it. Um, how about uh, Kelsey Grammer? Nope. Hmm. Ralph Macchio.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Probably not. No. Uh, we will not continue until you name oh I know
1: um uh, Alec Baldwin yes Henry Winkler
0: yes You got Ah! it
1: Boys. Let's see, I'm just gonna like... It's still go. Jason
0: Alexander, Jennifer Aniston, Drew Barrymore, Warren Beatty, Beck, Ed Beckley Jr., Butthole Surfers, <laughs> Michael Bolton, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Carol Burnett, T-Bone Burnett, and that's like just through B. Everyone... <laughs> you know, my
1: next guest was gonna be the Butthole Surfers.
0: <laughs> um. So, this show is... It was it's often ranked as one of the greatest shows of all time this was the it was the first time celebrities played themselves in like a fictionalized version like this is like you watch this and you're like oh this is where Curb Your Enthusiasm got it from but also Ricky Gervais has said that this um was a huge influence for creating The Office um Hmm. it was one of the first shows Comedies Without a Laugh track. It was, it introduced, and this one annoys me, the walk and talk. (laughs) Later to be used and overused by everything Aaron Sorkin ever did. Uh, Um, And it was HBO's first notable hit in original programming. hmm. And in fact, Rip Torn won Best Supporting Actor, ME1 season, and it was the first ever to be won by a cable network. Yeah, so this show is a cultural touchstone Those are, We just listed some guest actors Some people who had recurring roles um, Jeremy Piven, Janine Garofalo, Bob Odenkirk And one of the writers, Judd Apatow
1: You know, I am familiar with the fact that Judd Apatow and um, Gary Shanley were very close And they did a lot of work together over the years I haven't
0: seen show. it, but Judd Apatow made a documentary about Gary Shanley That's supposed to be great um, so, this episode, there's only one episode with Laura Dern. Damn. And so, this is season six, it's the last season. It's episode eight. It's called I Buried Sid. Mm hmm. Um, we get Dern right off the bat.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and she is snuggling up with Larry Sanders on his couch. hmm. And she's saying, she's talking about how she doesn't want them to let anyone know. She wants to keep this this little relationship secret because they're both celebrities. She is, of course, playing Laura Dern. Um, And he's like, yeah, no problem. Then, so we've got a few different, like, A, B, C plots here. So I'll just kind of go in order that they were presented. Um, And so Jeffrey Tambor, the sidekick, Mm -hmm. is Hank. And so there's this guy, Sid who does this they're like filming an episode and Sid comes out and is dressed as Liza Minnelli and does like a Liza Minnelli number to close the show, and Jeffrey Tambor's like, like, that's fucking terrible. And he berates this man. He's like, they're not laughing with you, they're laughing at you. Like, I, I could have done Manelli. Like, how dare you? <laughs> and
1: it's brutal, it's vicious.
0: I'm like, I don't know these characters yet. And I'm like, wow, he's an asshole. Jeez. Um then, uh, Psychic comes in, like to kind of. She's they're planning to get her on the show, mm-hmm. and she's talking to Rip Torn. She's doing her little, like, oh, I'm thinking of there's like a love interest name with like a C, you know, like that kind of psychic bullshit. Um, but she's hitting on Rip Torn, so he's like, yeah, I'll get you on. <laughs> um, and so Larry's doing a monologue. For for an episode, and there he's struggling with the cue cards, and afterwards he's like, he's asking, he's asking Rip Torn, who's Artie, he's like, what? He's like, what happened to Sid? Sid's great with the cue cards. Why was this person doing it? And Artie and Sid, of course, was Liza Minnelli, and he just goes, Oh, Sid killed himself this afternoon. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this show? <laughs> What the fuck?
1: Oh. You, by the way, you've completely sold me. I'm going to watch yeah. all of this oh, now. Oh, but... I can't wait! Holy
0: cow! It's all on <laughs> HBO
1: Max. Killed himself this afternoon. Yeah, which apparently was
0: darker than this show usually gets. I could not imagine. Um, and so Jeffrey Tambor is now blaming himself because he was like, "Oh God!" Like I just, I like was brutally mean to him, and then he killed himself an hour later. And. <laughs> Larry tries to, like, give a little eulogy to the staff. But he, like, kind of rambles about the cue cards because he's still <laughs> pissed at them. Because he's, like, a self-involved asshole. Oh. Um, and then Sid's brother shows up to, like, this... They're, like, at a restaurant, kind of um, remembering. And Sid's brother shows up, and he's talking to Hank. very <laughs> mean mm. to Sid. And Hank's like, oh, yeah, I loved Sid. Like, oh... He's like, really? Because he said you were always kind of an asshole. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, yeah, Sid. You know, he had a lot of debts, and Hank's like, I'll, I'll pay, for, I'll pay them, I'll pay his debts. He's like, really? Why? He's like, because, you know, because I loved Sid. <laughs> and then Ooh. we get, then we get Laura Dern in, um, talking with Larry Sanders' assistant because Laura Dern's going to be on the show. And it starts like mid conversation, and the assistant who is Marilyn Racekob, who you may know from Twenty Four, Mister Show, dude, where's my car? Punch drunk love. Hmm. Um, I'm a fan. She's great. Um, and so she says she seems to be playing this sort of like airheaded assistant. And so she says to dirt "So you're just running and there's nothing chasing you." dirt says. Fake things. You know, fake dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then Larry oh. comes in and they pretend like they've never met each other. And then we've got, then like Heidi Klum's there. You could have said Heidi
1: Klum. I could have said Heidi. I'm looking at the list right now. It's it is insane. Immense. Yeah. Wu-Tang Clan. Oh,
0: everybody. Gosh. Um. So Heidi Klum's gonna be on the show tonight and like Dern hears this and you can see Larry's worried that she'll be jealous but then nothing comes of that I don't know why they did that I think they just n- like had Heidi Klum available <laughs> and we're like yeah we'll shoehorn you in here um so then uh Larry meets with the psychic before the show and he's like how's this gonna work exactly And she's like oh I'll just ask you questions like are you dating somebody that's a D or an L initial? (laughs) He's like, I'm not dating anyone. She's like, L, A, like Laura, Laura Dern. And he's like,
1: (laughs) Shit, she's good. And so
0: he goes and tells, um, Rip Torrin, he's like, you gotta bump the psychic. Like we can't have her on. (laughs) And he's like, all right, no problem. We'll get Jerry Stiller. Like he's always available in a pinch.
1: (sighs) Um, i love that yeah. jerry stiller's always on call and
0: so then hank's talking to sid's brother again and he's like it's a shame that you know it's so cruel that sid's girlfriend left him so suddenly like that he's like what do you mean he was like yeah right before he killed himself his girlfriend left him so now he's uh so now Hank's like pissed that he's paying this guy's debts because now he thinks he's not responsible. Um, and then this, he sees the psychic and she's like, There's someone, I mean, something someone with like an S, Sid, Sydney, a deceased person. They say they, they want you to do the sketch. Oh, because they asked him if he could do Liza Minnelli on the show tonight. Oh. And. And, and he's like, no, like he doesn't. He's like, just wants to avoid the whole thing mentally. But he's like, they. <laughs> Sid asked if he could do the sketch, okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so Dern comes on, for her interview, and it's straight interview except that Hank is just like hitting on her mercilessly, which <laughs> is Jeffrey Tambor plays such an asshole, which from what I've heard about him in real life, might not be far from the truth. Yeah. Um, and so Larry says to, he's talking to Rip Torn afterwards, he's like, he's like, I don't think anyone could tell that we had any sexual chemistry, do you? And he's like, no, (laughs) none at all. He's like, no, I mean, you did a great job, but it was like when you were interviewing Dan Rather. (laughs) Um, and then Hank comes out and he does the Liza Minnelli bit and it's like a song number, but then it's like, sort of like. Like, she's not leaving and is, like, overstaying her welcome. It's a whole bit. And the best line is he's yelling at Larry and he's like, My mother and I both always hated you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: And then he's talking to one of the crew afterwards and he's like, He's like, w- were they laughing with me or at me? And he was like, oh, at you, for <laughs> sure. And he's like, Sid, you fucker. <laughs> Which... As an aside, this was one of the first shows, even on something like HBO, to use profanity like just somewhat regularly. So it really opened the floodgates for 90s HBO. Wow. Um, oh, man. And then they have one last guest on the show. It is, of course, Jerry Stiller. And he says... Larry's like, how are you? He's like, yeah, about me, how are you? He's like, I just ran into a psychic and she told me that you and Laura turned an item. Is this the truth? (laughs) Oh, roll roll. credits. Oh, 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 that's so good. Yeah, Oh, it it was a joy. I...
1: Listening to that was incredible. I cannot wait. Also, yeah, I apparently just,
0: oh. he wasn't in this episode, but apparently there's a season six story arc um, with John Stewart, uh, where they're like threatening to have John Stewart replace him as the host. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just and so it know. did all these like these real thing. One thing I read about, which is really interesting, before Ellen came out, I did. There was see all, was all the, the speculation words. in the world, and like a bunch of like tabloids and shows were trying to like get the you know get her to come out on camera Mm -hmm. and i think this is still this may have been after she actually did come out but there's an episode where larry sanders is trying to get ellen to come out (laughs) so they would use these very real life things um in this sort of meta subversive way and just from this episode, I'm like, oh yeah, I get the hype. I gotta, I gotta watch
1: all this. I just love the idea that the psychic was so was a like a real, <laughs> psychic, <laughs> real psychic, and they just used that in there. Oh, wow. I'm I'm down. I'm down the clown. Yeah. You, you What are you doing after this? Uh, oh, work. Wanna watch all of it? Nope. All of it. Let's I go. I got shit to do. <laughs> <sighs> this guy. Well, my word. You wanna know what we're doing? What we're doing next week? I'd love to. Well, I know how much you love Aaron Sorkin, but I'm gonna take this bullet. I have to watch The West Wing. Oh, <laughs> I think she was in like one episode. Uh, I've also never seen The West Wing. I've been meaning to try. A little try more Bradley it, so.
0: Whitford for you. I know. Back I, to back, Bradley.
1: I, I, I like the West Wing era of him. I really. He just his voice, the way he looks. There's something about him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the Billy Madison era is eh, probably a better
0: true. title.
1: But. I just want to. I don't know. Hang out with him. Have a drink. Bradley Whitford. Yeah, oh, he's
0: Man. such a such even a now. Weasel.
1: I would me and Bradley. All right, just like going golfing or something. I don't know. Talking about his ex, me, Caspar, me, him, and Alice Cooper, just going for a nice round of golf.
0: <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs>
1: what the hell? And you are watching, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Stains, Laura yes! Dern's riot girl movie, which you have been yes. talking about for weeks. I,
0: I so I just I just found out about this movie. And I brought it up to Nick before the episode. Um, I was like, Do you know about the Laurie during D- Riot Girl movie? It sounds amazing. And he's like, Yeah, you're watching it uh,
1: this week. Complete twist of fate, by the way. I did not line that up at all.
0: Not at all. Here we are
1: the stars, they speak to us.
0: And I I can't wait. So it's from 1982. Nice. Diane Lane, Laura Dern, and Marin Cantor, whoever the fuck that is, (laughs) um, in a punk band. And it's sort of before there was, before Riot Girls, the Riot Girl. it's pre-Riot Girl movie, which was like mid to late 80s. And this is a 1982 film um, that is a cult favorite. And is considered an influence on the Feminist Riot girl movement
1: The imagery for this is amazing It's like so like Oof
0: I'm I'm pretty jazzed
1: about this one I Concur Well my word This is gonna be a heck of a week West Wing and Punk icons Yeah, I mean that's just a normal week for you and me Max (laughs) Gotta have a little Sorkin in there (laughs) A little sprinkle of sorkin a little bit of, a little bit of punk mischief <laughs> uh, Wow! whatever makes the great world spin sorkin <sighs> and riot girls yeah, that's, yeah I mean that's what makes my track crank I don't know about you I, I don't like how you vibrate you just you didn't really nod or say no you just kind of like shook, <laughs> shook a little like, yeah like, like a toddler nice like a baby? <laughs> like a Don't shake
0: your toddlers. No. I mean, no. hey, when you, can... you, when
1: you go kidnap No, a, a don't child. shake a baby. A toddler, free game. Oh, yeah. They're big shaking enough.
0: shaking toddlers. Sometimes. They love shaking. Yeah.
1: Do it. Shake them up.
0: Pour a little bag of, like, <laughs> of cheese... of cheese sprinkles. Like the Burger King fries. Yeah. Pour a little bag of that in their mouth and shake
1: them up You got a cheese kid. <laughs> oh, wow. Well... <laughs>
0: Make a cheesy toddler. It's a little home DIY project for you out there. <laughs> Start your new new year off with a bang. Shake, it, <sighs> shake a cheesy toddler.
1: And on that note, <laughs> I think it's time for us to go to the big Larry Sanders show in the sky. <laughs> Max's apartment on the third floor. Come see us sometime. Yeah.
0: Bye, turn. Bye. We love you. Dern. Dern. Miss you. Dern. Bye, Whoa. Oh.